news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. So just when I'm deciding to talk about a serious topic like crime and Lori Lightfoot in Chicago wanting a raise because of the great job she's done on crime fighting, I get so distracted by something shiny. Um, and so I'm just thoroughly distracted. Julie, I need to ask you a question. This is the the number one answer is obvious, but I I guarantee, I don't believe you're going to come close to getting number two right. The 2023 list of best cities for sandwiches. That's important news. This is important news. What's number one? So it's not New York City? It is. No, no, you're right. Number one is easy, and I knew you would get New York. It's number two I don't think you're going to get on the list. Philadelphia? Nope. Los Angeles. Nope. Los Angeles isn't even in the top 10. Chicago. Chicago. Chicago, Illinois is not in the top 10. Is it Phoenix? New Orleans, Louisiana. No way. Yes. New York, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., St. Louis, San Francisco, Boston, Philadelphia, Orlando, Las Vegas, Miami are the top 10. Orlando? Orlando. I mean, Mike, how can you go wrong with a good old po' boy? <laughs> I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. But I would have never guessed New Orleans at number two. I'd have gotten New York for sure as number one. Never. Phoenix. Phoenix is number 41 on the list, and I think Mesa is number 34. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad overall, but I got, so I'm so thoroughly, thoroughly distracted. They also had the list of what the worst are. What do you think is the worst in the country, the number one worst city for sandwiches in the country? Is it like a flyover state? Nope. It's not. Mm-mm. San Francisco. Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. Patterson. That makes sense. But in the top 10, one, two, three, four, five, six of the top 10 worst places for a sandwich are in Texas. Oh. Numbers six through 10 are all Texas. Pasadena, Midland, Carrollton, Kin- uh, Killian, Killeen, I'm sorry, Killeen, Irving are all six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And the second worst place in the country for a sandwich, Mesquite, Texas. Don't let Texas hear that. That's no kidding. No kidding. Barbecue. They'd be big on barbecue. There there you are. There, there's the important news you needed to hear this morning. I just thought I'd make sure we cleared up the really important breaking news. You think Jeff Munn's going to bring you great breaking news. No, no, no. You're going to get it right here on the Mike Broomhead Show. Where's Philly on that? <laughs> uh, Philadelphia. I just, I, I closed it out. They were in the top ten. Okay, because cheesesteaks are so much above everything else. You know what's so funny about the, uh, this, as long as we're on this topic? We, in a, we treat American politics and politicians horribly anyway. But do you remember on the campaign trail in 2004 when John Kerry ate a cheesesteak with a knife and a fork? Yes. And they crucified him because he yeah. used a knife and a fork? Yeah, I do remember that. I thought of all the things I disagreed with that guy about, that was hilarious that that's what they crushed him over. There, there is nothing better than a cheesesteak. A Philly cheesesteak? Oh, yeah. I, I like them. Yeah. I think they're good. I had one at the fair last week. Okay. Really? Yeah. There is, a, what's, what are the names of the restaurants here, um, the drive through place? I'll think of it in a minute. They've got a great Italian beef sandwich, and they'll dip it in au jus Portillo's? for you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, such a great hot that's peppers and cheese. That's pretty good, too. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm hungry. Can I jump in really quickly? Sure, of course. Nothing is worse than eating pizza with a fork. That That's way Same thing. worse. Same thing. This guy, so John Kerry did a campaign stop. You know, they did it for a photo op, and he goes into a sub shop. He's going to show he's just a regular guy, sleeves rolled up once, you know, how it looked. Sits down at a table with a Philly cheesesteak and cuts it with a fork and a knife, and the place lost its mind. So he did a George Costanza, huh? He did a George Costanza, absolutely. So that was, and that's the, again, 
again, the the uh, the um, the typifies American politics. We don't want the guy to be president because he doesn't know how to eat a sandwich the right way. It's very important. What he should have done was grown out the mullet like they have in Philly. That would have gotten him some votes. John Kerry and a mullet would have pushed him over the top. Uh, all right, so let's get to the serious business. I apologize. I got distracted. Um, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago wants to give herself a raise because of the great job she's done fighting crime in the city of Chicago. Now, I did that just for comic relief. But here's the big story. The state of Texas. Um Tony Earls hung his head before uh, a row of television cameras staring down. His life upended days before Mr. Earls had pulled out his handgun and opened fire. Okay, so it talks about people uh, being shot and killed in Texas. Um, They asked if Mr. Earls is licensed to carry. He didn't need one. The lawyer said everything about the situation we believed was un- was justified under Texas law. The shooting was part of what many sheriffs, police leaders, and district attorneys in urban areas of Texas say has been an increase in people carrying weapons and in a spur-of-the-moment gunfire in the year since the state began allowing most adults 21 or over to carry a handgun without a license. I will tell you Arizona changed our law years ago. There were a couple of major changes that I thought were significant, and I didn't know which way they were going to go. Uh, well, I did know the one I thought was absolutely right, which was defending your own house. The way the law was written in Arizona 20 years ago, if you killed somebody that broke into your house, the burden of proof was on you to prove that you were in fear for your life. So if you break into my house in the middle of the night and I, I, I use a firearm because I don't know who you are and I'm terrified, I had to prove in the past that I was in a life or death situation or at least I believed I was. That law was changed so that now the burden of proof is on the state that the prosecutors have to prove that you were not. It's assumed that that if you, someone breaks into your house, you're in fear for your life. I thought that was a significant and positive change to the laws in Arizona. If you break into someone's house, you're taking your life into your own hands because they are now assuming – it is assumed that they are in fear for their life. Unless by some form of the investigation they find out that wasn't the case, you are, not, you are allowed to defend your property. The other change in Arizona was that you no longer needed a concealed carry permit to carry a concealed weapon. Now, I have and maintain a concealed carry permit, but I don't need one. Here was a change that everybody said we're going to see blood in the streets and more guns on the streets. And, and here is my defense of it, and I know there's some of you who will disagree. Criminals, the criminal element in our society, has been carrying concealed weapons for decades They aren't supposed to have guns in the first place. They're already violating firearms laws. They keep them in their pockets. They keep them in their waistbands. They keep them under the seats of their car. They were concealing weapons, which was against the law, everywhere. It was the honest citizen that didn't have that ability unless they went through the process of getting a permit. Now, I'm telling you, I think going through the permitting process is an advantage. I think it is a good thing to do to go through the permitting process to get a concealed carry permit. But it hasn't changed anything in Arizona. All of these spur of the moment, it's just not true. The spur of the moment shootings that happen in our society are happening between by p- prohibited possessors, people that are not supposed to be having guns. On rare occasions when guns are used in different scenarios by legal gun owners, it's a lot more rare. If you look at gun deaths in America, gun deaths, the number one problem with gun deaths or source of gun deaths are suicides. Let's start there. They're suicides. 
And then it's criminals that have guns that aren't supposed to. Violent criminals, convicted felons, getting illegal guns. And concealing them. This isn't the problem. The problem is not a person like you or a person like me that would carry a gun concealed in a backpack, in a bag, in a satchel, in a purse. You're not the problem. The criminals are the problem. It's just it's it's I I find it to be really interesting. I guess that's why are people protecting elections or are they threatening voters? We're going to get back on this idea of ballot box watching and sending letters of intimidation to election officials. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Um, are people protecting elections or are they threatening voters or is it both? I, I, it, it's a question. I had somebody send me a message this morning when I talked about this saying I'm making the assumption that these people are right wing uh, 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 actors and it's not people on the left pretending to be right wing actors. And I guess that's a possibility. I don't know. Either way, these things need to stop. The idea that we are going to to inject ourselves into a situation and we are going to be the law is not what anybody wants. Um, it is uh, it. it it's absurd is what it is. Um, I use the example of a county supervisor, Clint Hickman, where there was a guy on, on YouTube. YouTube is a place – YouTube and social media, it's where the keyboard warriors exist. It's where everybody is is Chuck Norris. Everybody's tough. And um, this guy uh, sent a video, posted a video for the world to see that he was coming to Arizona to effect a citizen's arrest against Clint Hickman. I giggled when I – when I saw the video and I thought, good luck with that. Good, good luck with that and the Hickman family. Good luck. But the other part of it was I said, let's say you're successful. Let's say you are someone that is successful. Uh, where do you take them? You're not taking them to the Maricopa County Jail. You're not going to roll up to the jail and have a sheriff's department and say, hey, listen, I just affected a citizen's arrest against a supervisor because I believe he fed his his chickens a bunch of ballots and then set his chickens on fire. Um, So you're going to take him to Facebook jail or something like that. But it's the people – I understand passion. I really do. I even respect activism. But it's the self-serving nonsense motivated by anger activism that doesn't do anybody any good anytime, and that's what's happening right now. You look horrible. You make people on your side of the aisle look horrible, and I'm going to go even further because I've been defending for a long time election deniers. I don't agree with them. I've been very clear on my stance of the 2020 election. That I don't believe that the 2020 election was stolen. I don't believe that. But to equate anybody that does by using the phrase election denier, that they're crazy. I, I even made an example of this yesterday, and this is what's hilarious about this. Hillary Clinton is an election denier. She denied 2000 was legitimate when George W. Bush was, in her words, appointed president, not elected. Because remember what happened, the hanging chads in Florida and that mess that happened. She then went on to say that in 2016, Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. Sound familiar, that phrase, illegitimate president? Hillary Clinton said it about Donald Trump. There were investigations in the United States Congress for almost four years that involved what they said was they didn't use the phrase election integrity. They used Russian collusion. 
that there was collusion between the Trump campaign or other prominent people on the right and the Russians to influence and change the results of the election in 2016. All found to be nonsense. Hillary Clinton still says it. I posted a video and, and of Hillary Clinton. I shared it with some people on social media saying that the Republicans right now have had a plan for a long time and are planning right now to steal the 2024 election. Her words, steal the election. There is no difference in that rhetoric and the election deniers of 2020. None. And yet, when I posted it and equated the two as election deniers, people online are saying it's not the same. It's not. The, it is exactly the same. The difference is you agree with Hillary Clinton. You agree with Hillary. Therefore, it's not election denial. It's espousing truth. Well, I can tell you as reasonable a person as Hillary Clinton is by saying what she's saying and not committing acts of violence or encouraging people to be violent. You have just as many people like that to say that about 2020. The problem is in the world we live in right now, all of the attention goes to people that are election deniers like these people. There are plenty of people out there that do not want to see Katie Hobbs become the next governor of Arizona, and they put their money, their talent, and their time into making sure that doesn't happen. They would never burglarize her office. But now, all people on the right, this is what the problem is. There are, I know many good people, honest, hardworking people that believe the 2020 election was manipulated and stolen. They're smart. They're reasonable They're good, law-abiding, patriotic Americans. But they are all lumped in with the small number of people that get all the attention that show up at ballot drop boxes wearing tactical gear. Or they send letters out to Democrats across the state saying, we're watching you and making veiled threats about their safety. It doesn't do any good. It It isn't helpful. It's the opposite of helpful. And people should be embarrassed that they're doing it. It's embarrassing. We talked about contentious politics in America. I've got more on this. It is political views. This is from the Daily Blast in a discussion about our Americans hiding their political views because of how contentious everything gets. Who is more likely to hide their personal views about politics so they don't get involved in a confrontation? It's an interesting study. We'll talk about it more next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. There is a great program going on here at KTAR. If you know a remarkable Valley teacher that is deserving of a check for $2,500, then just text the word teacher to 411923 and nominate that teacher for pay tribute to a teacher. That's teacher to 411923. It's pay tribute to a teacher, and it's presented by your Valley Toyota dealers. Um, interesting is during this commercial break, I was once again on social media, um, and and I, I love the tweets. I really do. Um, uh, someone uh, on Twitter, very tired of listening to Broomhead because I am supporting extremists and election deniers. I spent the segment before this screaming about the idiots that are at ballot drop boxes wearing tactical gear, but I support extremism and election deniers. It's it, it's it's hysterically funny. Um, so what's uh, and then um, they're really 
tired of hearing about chartered schools, not charter schools. You know, the one when you rent a school, you charter it like a bus, chartered schools. Um, So they're upset with me because I talk about chartered schools a lot. That's why I love social media so much. I I don't I understand I'm not for everyone. But the idea this 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 is the, the content for this segment of the show is about political rancor. And who doesn't espouse their political beliefs? Um, And it is interesting because there are people out there. I I posted a video about Hillary Clinton using the same phrases the right uses. She called Donald Trump an illegitimate president. She said that the Republicans are working on a plan. They have been a plan to steal the 2024 election. That is election denial. And I'm still getting people defending it, saying it's not the same. Well, it's not the same because you agree with her. That's the difference. You agree with her. You agree that the Supreme Court is in on the plan to give the election results back to state legislatures, many of them are Republican, so that even though you might vote for someone else, the state legislature can overturn your vote and put someone else in there. You believe that to be true. That's a conspiracy theory. And you're an election denier, just like she is. But you're not the tinfoil hat, angry, violent ones like January 6th. You're just an election denier that's reasonable. Well, we have this battle that's going on in America that people don't want to get into it. I happen to like the conversation. I really do. I enjoy an honest debate with someone. But when you make outrageous statements like I'm somehow an extremist, if you saw the emails I get from the other side of the aisle, my side of the aisle, I'm too soft, I'm too centrist, I'm too this, and I'm not that either. Let's talk about guns. Let's talk about abortion. Let's talk about some of these other issues. You'll find out I'm certainly not a centrist. But I love the conversation with people. I always have. That's how. why I love this business. Social media is hilarious, and people don't have the presence of the self-awareness to take a look at how their opinions look to other people. How there when when Hillary Clinton says we have to be very, very careful because the Republicans have a plan to steal the election. I I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. This is what Hillary Clinton said in the video I posted on Twitter. Had because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. Okay, how is that any different from what you're hearing from the people that said 2020 was stolen? It's not. So this was an interesting thing that happened in this study that was done. Americans hiding their true beliefs because they don't want to um, they don't want to get into a political argument with people. So here's an example, the Democrat example of people hiding their true beliefs. Democrats are actually, according to this study, more conservative privately when it comes to education issues. Many think schools focus too much on racism and they're not as enthusiastic about masking to prevent the spread of COVID. 
So that's privately. That's what one of the studies showed. The Democrats uh, you know, are not as far to the left as other Democrats, but they don't want to say that because they don't want to get into a fight. Now, here's the Republican example. Republicans uh, apparently are less set on overturning Roe v. Wade than they say and have more reservations about turning the Internet into a completely unregulated free speech state. So both sides of the aisle don't want to get into it with their side of the aisle because they don't want to be called names. You know, the, the Republican Party... Both parties do it. The Republican Party has made it a campaign slogan and has made it a movement. Um, And it's uh, anybody that disagrees with me on anything isn't a real conservative. I'm a real conservative and is a rhino, a Republican in name only. That phrase has been thrown around so much by so many people. And it is it, this is what happens within the party but this is interesting about um who would who is more likely to hide their true beliefs it's the republicans that are scared if you say you're a republican out loud you could lose your job is that crazy who is that is, ridiculous who, who you could lose your job, your job from because the republican because now Hollywood, Tori. Hollywood. I, I don't think... Uh, who in Hollywood is... You snickered at Chris Pratt the other day just because we brought up his name. Why? Because he's an out Republican. No, because he's kind of annoying on the internet. I disagree okay. with you on that Okay, one. I totally agree. I've, say, I've been saying this forever. The people that are coming to the polls because you're not allowed to support Republican ideology right. because you're automatically labeled a Trump person, those are the silent ones. Those are the ones not giving your opinion. I'm very... I feel very adamant about this. And you take a look at Hollywood and the people that have been kicked out, people that espouse anything on the right, and that cancel culture. The cancel culture does come from both sides. There's no doubt. But predominantly people on the left are seeking you out. If you And they seek out their own. It's not like they're just going after Republicans. They seek out anybody they disagree with. Kevin Hart losing the job from the award show because of tweets he sent out years before and apologized for. Nope, can't do it. You you are canceled. They've tried to do it to Dave Chappelle. They've tried to do it to Bill Burr. They've tried to do it to Ricky Gervais. Those are people that just say, you can't cancel me because I don't care what you say. Ricky Gervais is one of the most outspoken people on it. Hilariously funny, cutting with his humor. It makes you kind of gasp sometimes at the things he says, but he says it about everybody. And it's not everything he says that people are against. Watch the Dave Chappelle special that got him in all this trouble where they tried to cancel him from Netflix and it didn't work. If you watch the jokes that Dave Chappelle does in that show, there are times he makes fun of Mike Pence. He makes fun of white people. He makes fun of his fellow black people. He makes fun of gay people, straight people. He makes fun of everybody. But when he goes after gay people and trans people, then they get canceled. That's when they want people canceled. And it's this cancel culture in America has has people saying, I don't want to even talk about it. Don't even ask me. I don't want to talk about it. Imagine being in a situation where you post something online about your political belief in a candidate or in a proposition or in a stance on abortion or a stance on something else. And your employer calls you into the office and says, take it down or you're fired. That does not align with our beliefs. We are threatening the First Amendment. We are doing the wrong thing. And we are, it is too contentious in American politics. Um, we've got to talk about the border because the interior minister from Guatemala says we are about to see a huge surge of people at our southern border. We'll talk more about it coming up in just a couple of moments.
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate you uh, spending some time with the show. Migrant caravans are repairing the flood to the U.S. border ahead of the midterms, according to a a senior Guatemalan official. The Interior Minister, I'll give you the, the, the Reader's Digest version of this story. The Interior Minister did an interview. The Interior Minister from Guatemala did a did an interview with the, the Dated Caller News Foundation. And in this exclusive interview, he said, we have warned the Biden administration that people in Guatemala believe they have a very short window to come to the U.S. where they will have the ability to stay. I'm not saying that it's the way it is. This is what the belief is. This is what the world believes about our southern border, that as long as Joe Biden and the Democrats control the Congress and the White House, they are going to get safe passage and an open, porous border. So they believe with a very good chance that the Congress, at least the House, will be taken over by the Republicans and that more laws, strict laws and and restrictions on the border may be coming. Now is the time to make the journey. So the interior minister in Guatemala said there are caravans of people that are already on their way, that are making their way to the U.S., that before the midterm election, they will reach our border to the south, believing that as long as it's under the control of the people it's under control of right now, it will remain an easy passage. So when you and I talk about policy, when you hear me use that word over and over again, this is why. It's interesting about this because what the Biden administration did in a very small window and very small example was what we, myself and people that think like I do when it comes to the border, have been saying should be done with all countries around the world. They specifically said to the Venezuelans, if you come to the U.S. from Venezuela and you apply for asylum, You will be turned around and you will be sent back. There will not be a consideration for asylum if you cross our border illegally and ask for asylum because you're from Venezuela. The number of Venezuelans that have come here has dropped dramatically. Why? Because they've been told it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the money because you can't stay. That's a policy shift. With one nation by the Biden administration. If that works, why aren't they doing it with other countries? We all have to admit what's happening at the border is disastrous. And my frustration comes from the unintended consequences, the fentanyl deaths and, and the other things. But the human trafficking element, when I it's it's something you can't unsee. And I don't wish it on anybody, but I think maybe it's time for more and more people to see it. When you see, when you've, and I have, when you've met a young woman who as a teenage girl was forced into the sex trades. And you look into the face of that kid and she, you know, even though she's an adult now, she's a kid to me. And know what she endured. It is despicable how it changes you. And to know that a big part, and it's not the only thing that happens with human trafficking, that it's from the border. That is a huge part of what the cartels do. 
We've all been familiar with drop houses where people come here paying a sum of money to come to the United States and be brought in by the coyotes. They are then taken to a drop house where they are held captive many times, being told once they get here, you owe us more money. It's going to cost you more money, and you're basically our prisoner until we get paid. So families are reaching out to their family members in their home country trying to gain more money, trying to get that money. And then when they can't pay, they are told you are now ours. And there was just a case out of Florida of two Cuban Cuban immigrants who made their way through Mexico and through the southern border and ended up in Tampa, the Tampa area of Florida, where they were then told, you belong to us. This group of women working in the strip clubs and prostituting until they pay off their debt to the cartels. They are told, if you try to leave, we're going to kill you. And if you somehow escape us, we will murder your family. And that's how they are kept captive. When you look at that element and you think of those young girls and what they thought they were getting themselves into versus what they're actually getting themselves into, we all should be doing everything we can to stop this. And this government, our government, and I say our government because I'm an American like you are, our government is doing nothing about it. All of this rhetoric about being strong on the border, all of this rhetoric about trying to make changes at the border, all of this rhetoric is just that. Right now it's campaign garbage. And both parties are guilty of it, but it's campaign garbage. It is people telling you what you want to hear so that you'll pull the lever or fill in the dot for them, and they can get elected. Who is going to keep their word, and how are we going to keep them accountable to keep that word? If they're not doing their job, they need to be replaced. I wish I didn't ever see what human trafficking looks like. But now that I have, it will live with me forever. And we've got to stop this from happening. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, uh, who leads in education according to the National Report Card? Is it Catholic schools, other private schools, or public schools? Who does the best job with education? We're going to give you the answer next. Next.